Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 124 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Con Whiteley. And today's episode is on 5 signs that you might want to start therapy. And I always know that the podcast is many for university psychology students and psychology professionals. But I still think that this is a really useful episode because by the time that I actually finished writing the blog post for it... Like I actually realised that the real point of today's episode was all about self-care. Because I'll talk more about this in the personal update, but I was out on like Wednesday with like a bunch of like um, university students and some of the stories from them and their friends, our friends that were actually quite heartbreaking. This is a really important episode, just in case like we ever find ourselves in the situation, or our family, friends, or even our peers at work also like find themselves in this situation. Now, so it might not sound like it, but this is a good food for thought episode. And it is Saturday, the 11th of December 2021, as I record this. So, we're moving on to the psychology news section. So, we're going to be reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest, and there's some very interesting ones. And I really need to bite my tongue, just so I don't go into the different um, political bits. <laughs> but it's, um, okay, so the first one is, Conservatives are more likely to share fake news, but only if they're low in conscientiousness. So, this is a mixture of a personality psychology and political psychology. Why do people share fake news? All kinds of studies have looked into what encourages it and which personal attributes play a role. As the authors of a new paper in the Journal of Experimental Psychology General point out, multiple studies have found that political conservatives are relatively more likely to disseminate false news than those on the political left. However, their new work finds that this is an oversimplification, that this link is largely driven by conservatives who are low in conscientiousness. Um, this is an important finding for a few reasons. On the upside, it's far less politically polarising message. On the downside, this group does not seem to be receptive to the main identified ways of stopping fake news from spreading. And just so I don't annoy like half the podcast or like even more, I'm going to try and speak very general here. So, well, as best as I can. <laughs> okay, then. Right, so like on the downside point, I think that that's like a pretty clear like from the news and how like a different governments respond uh, stopping like fake news. But then if we take a like step back, this is really important that we actually do look at like fake news and we do actually identify what factors that play into people like spreading it because fake news it does yeah well like it does like cost lives it does really harm people's like livelihoods the economy and so many other different like, reasons that we say it's a critical topic that we've got to focus on but equally saying that we cannot afford to oversimplify stuff especially yeah when we say that all work on conservative people spread a fake news because of course that isn't true so this is very interesting and it's very important that we do continue to look at it okay so the second one is Women are no more emotionally turbulent than men. Uh, <laughs> and I'm laughing though, well, because that is one of the biggest stereotypes about like women though. Well, and like that's why if you want to like listen to some of the past episodes on other like, podcasts, 
and then if you also like read SMIV Afflictions, but also like some of my books, then you know that I tend to take the mick out of that stereotype because it's simply not true. Women are not on a stable emotional vet. So we're moving on to the article. Women are commonly assumed to be more emotionally turbulent than men, moodier, more violent, and more likely to experience rapid changes in effect across the course of the menstrual cycle. Aside from being the basis of many a sexist joke, this assumption has an impact on research, with single-gender women excluded from research due to apparent fluctuation in moods. That's bad. Building on the research exploring fluctuations in rodents, a team from the University of Michigan has looked at more closely at such variability in humans. The study in scientific report finds no difference in emotional variance between senior gender men and women, or between women who would do or do not use oral contraception. So I don't think this is a surprise, and this really just does I confirm like what I've said all along. Women, they're not these turbulent emotional wrecks, and I know that a large percentage of the podcast is a women. But I think it's absolutely wrong that a women, women actually get excluded from research due to apparent fluctuations in mood. That's bad. That is, that's just physically wrong, full stop. Okay then, so but the final one is... We generally prefer political allies who try to understand opponents' views. We often hear that we're living in an age of polarisation and divisiveness, unable to transcend political boundaries to listen to those we disagree with. But how do we feel about those people who share our views, but who seek to understand opponents either way? This is the subject of a new study in Psychological Science, authored by the University of British Columbia's Gordon Hazenall, Christine Lauren, they find that whilst we generally prefer those who seek alternative views, this forces are when they appear to be susceptible to change in size. Ah, so this is a really interesting one because I never used to do this, but in the past few years, I really have been trying to understand side to those because I'm not going to go into go into my personal politics, but I can think of two great examples that were. For example, there's a member in my family who is. The complete opposite, and I mean, yeah, there is, without getting into details, yeah, just complete opposite. But whenever I go to see them, and uh, we talk about it, we're both very respectful, and they really don't try and even understand my uh, my point of view, though. But I try to understand theirs because I want to see why do they think that, or why do they think so, like a different like to me, though. And I actually did that the uh, this morning uh, because I'm meeting my driving in that truck. We were talking about some of the stuff that's going on in uh, the news in uh, the UK like, at the moment. And it was actually quite interesting to hear what she thought. Like, all in all, I really do recommend uh, just listening to people. Just seeing why do they think that. Uh, because if like social psychology teaches us anything, it's actually really good to like get outside of our own like, um, echo chambers. And actually uh, like, hear the um, other side. And not only... Uh, not only like does it teach us to like teach us more about understanding, but it could also be used as attitude inoculation. Yes, that's something for my persuasion about psychology. So I hope you enjoyed the psychology news section as much as I did. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. So this week has been another relatively slow in terms of the placement because we're continuing with like data collection. But I've been doing a few other bits for my placement. But there were two main things that I actually wanted to mention in this personal update. So I got one of the best emails I've ever had of like this week because there must be like Thursday. 
first name and I'm like, got up and everything. And then I checked my um, business emails. And then I found out that BBC Radio 5 had actually emailed me. To, like I say, like as I do quite a bit on like, um, forensic psychology, do I want to come on the radio and I talk about it? And like, it's a shame that I couldn't, though, because because I hadn't quite covered the topic that they wanted me to like talk about. But it was all really, really nice that So I did just want to say like a massive thank you for like all of you who were like bought my books and I like, listened to the podcast because I because like without you then none of that would be possible though. So thank you. That was just that was just such a great email. And something else that I wanted to mention though was as I alluded to in the personal update on Wednesday, I went out on a like university social <laughs> and when I say it like that like, it makes it sound like I went like clubbing like I think no I did not do that so, for starters that's not me yeah but also though like I just like wouldn't personally in the pandemic there was so like all but that it was was that it was my first ever a escape room and they are great fun I really do like and then like we all like went out for dinner like afterwards yes like that was like nice like everything and despite the um, restrictions being quite lax here, yeah, we're like in England, like it was all like COVID safer. I did a test like before I went, and then I've also been doing tests. Um, I did one yesterday. Did another one today because of my driving test. But the reason why I like, want to mention this is because again, though, I just want to like um say that where that a university social can be a quite fun though. So if you're a university student who yeah but like who's been thinking about doing one but you've always like, hesitated then definitely give them a, a try though because in my egg experience I was not like looking forward to, to it but they are like great fun and yeah where well, they are like great fun and it's so nice to actually go out to talk to other university students and actually just be a part of that environment again during my placement there were and also they were like, because some math students at this social, well, were like a PhD students, master's students, final year students, it was actually really nice. They were to like, I get that nice border mix. So like, it's just, we could all talk and actually have other like, input and, and just tell everyone else about our like, experiences though. So I really do like, recommend it. And as always, I always like, love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, connorwhitely.net. I've actually been having some great conversations with some wonderful people like this week of, but like, especially about the dementia podcast episode. So, so like a massive thank you to all of you for that. And you can also leave a comment at the show notes at connorwhitely.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci Whitey. I always love to hear from all of you because it really does help make the podcast feel more like a conversation. And today's episode has been sponsored by Formulation in Psychotherapy. Yes, this is an absolutely brilliant book that will really help you understand like what formulation is why it's actually critical for the future of like mental health treatment and, and like psychotherapy but then now uh, this book also like it goes in there into like tons of, like great depth about how all the different psychotherapies are like um a cbt narrative therapy and all, yes um systemic therapy and also like tons more about how they actually use it formulation though so i cannot recommend it enough this is a really popular really great a wonderful book that where that's really easy to understand and engaging and this will really help you develop your clinical psychology knowledge if that's something that you want to go into at, in the future though so i cannot recommend it enough so that is a formulation in psychotherapy available from all major ebook retailers and you can order the large print paperback and hardback versions from amazon your local bookstore and local library if you request it and if you didn't want to buy a book but you still wanted to give the podcast a bit of like one time then you can buy me a, a coffee at buymeacoffee.com always slash connor whiteley yeah so well, let's move on to the content of today's episode 
So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about five signs it might be timeless to start the therapy. So I've already explained to them like why this is in important though, because as like university psychology students and psychology professionals, like not only is this useful work for us, our clients, and our friends and our family. Yeah, but like this is absolutely a critical whatever for us though, right? Because like both our groups of these people, well, we will all experience high levels of stress, and sadly, we might experience things that are like that cause us to develop a mental health condition. And this is why we need to look at this though, right? Because as much as we learn about psychotherapy and just like clinical psychology as a whole, and apply it to other people, sometimes we actually need to apply it to ourselves some at times though. Right? So, but there are a lot more. Then five signs, but these are yes, but these are some of the most important ones. And of course, none of this is actually a, a official advice whatsoever. So the five signs, consider it multiple times. So it's perfectly natural for all of us to think about something multiple times, and each time we dismiss it. I have done this so much recently because of a learning opportunity, but I just like gave in at the end, and I have not regretted it so far, even though the learning opportunity. Or will happen next year though. So this is really important to mention because if you thought about it multiple times then it means that you want to do it but something is holding you back. For me and this learning opportunity I really did want to do it because it would be like great fun and I know I could make money off it but I wasn't sure if the actual course was actually worth the money though and then in terms of psychotherapy if you want to give it a try just give it a go. At least if you do a try it you will finally know if it will help you in instead of forever wondering if it will work or not because sometimes that if or that like what if thinking that thinking just isn't helpful you want support after a stressful life event and to be honest here here there will like the words stressful and traumatic can actually just be used interchangeably some people experience a stressful life event that they want to see a portal but they can't or they are or they don't feel like they want to talk about it with their social network. And there are lots of different reasons for this, but in this case, those reasons are important. And then I wrote that and I was thinking, well, yes, actually, because of how complex mental health is, they actually could be. <laughs> Therefore, going to therapy could be a great option as it allows these people to find the professional support for their stressful life and whilst the therapist teaches them ways to deal, cope and move on with the event. And then like some of these examples that could include death of a loved one, fertility struggles and experiencing a traumatic event. Stress is interfering with the sleep. So I know that I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but depression, rumination and anxiety can all have an effect on a person's sleep. And then like, this lack of sleep or like trouble sleeping can actually have a knock-on effect with the rest of their life, possibly leading to decreased life satisfaction. As well as these are potential explanations for why their or your sleep is a bad. As well as all of these potential explanations for why their sleep is a bad could potentially be a reason to start exploring therapy as a therapy it could allow you to find out the cause of your sleeplessness treat it and then your sleep could return to healthy levels because it's all well and good that it's interrupting your sleep so you can't get it but then there's also another side of that which we need to look at because what if you sleep too much because that's also a major factor in that depression or a major manifestation of depression basic life tasks are hard 
we know from previous episodes on depression and other clinical psychology topics, a wide range of mental health conditions can make basic life tasks seem impossible, well, with these including things like showering, getting out of bed, and getting addressed. Therefore, if you're struggling with these simple tasks, then maybe a therapist might be able to help you figure out what's going on. And this was actually really well shown on the new Mind Charity advert in the UK. Actually, explaining how like some of these basic tasks are just so hard for them. So, but the final one is wondering if you're messed up. And of course, I just had to mention this because, of course, I just hate that term. Hate that term with an absolute passion. So, as much as I do hate that term, term because it is absolutely wrong. Because of course, no one is a messed up. People have mental health difficulties that are maladaptive coping mechanism. But the term messed up is what later people think. And even some psychology students and professionals. And yes, I'm, I'm always horrified when I find that out. So the term is sadly appropriate here. So some people might start thinking about their own behaviour and they start to think that something is wrong with them or that they're simply messed up. And these are, could be behaviours normally associated with autism, ADHD, depression, or it could be other habits that the person is starting to uh, question. For example, they could be concerned about their levels of exercise, smoking, or alcohol use. As a result, a therapy is a one option because the therapist could do one of the two things for you. So one, the therapist could allow you to understand that there's nothing to be concerned about, and they could help you to accept yourself of like who you are. And then two, they could do the exact same as above, but actually show you better, less damaging and more effective coping mechanisms because they discovered that you do have a mental health con. So all in all, that's just something to think about. Conclusion. Okay, this is what I like spoke about in the psychology news section. So but the entire real point of like today's episode was just to remind you that as psychology students and psychology professionals we need to take care of ourselves too and this includes looking out for signs that we need a therapy too because it doesn't mean that we're the failures, we're messed up, we're lost at causes, that or like we shouldn't be a um, clinical psychologist or like we shouldn't be a psychologist overall because of course we've somehow like messed up ourselves, it doesn't mean any of that, it just like it simply means that we're human too. So as I've always said, and this is more aimed at psychology professionals here, we can't help anyone if we can't help ourselves. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you got something out of it. If you know someone who would find today's episode useful, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when wonderful people help spread the word about the podcast. And please check out Buy Me A Coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash conwhitey and definitely check out Formulation in a Psychotherapy. It's an absolute brilliant book that I cannot recommend enough. They'd ruin all of the usual places. So have a great day everyone and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitely.net. And if you want a free eight-book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitely.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.